0: Hey, everyone, it's Halloween, and you know what that means. It's our third annual Halloween episode. That's right, it's the third year that we're doing a Halloween episode. Ooh. We didn't do one. We didn't do one our first year, otherwise we went in the fourth year. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, just a fair warning right now, you know, if the if the littles are listening, use your judgment. Alright, so, you but know, well,
1: we're going
0: to have some scary voices and some scary stories. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So that's that's your warning so let's open this uh, creaky door here now there we go and slowly walk into this uh this haunted house here Ooh. i'm not afraid uh, you
2: will be you will be
0: Welcome to episode 114 of Children of the Force, a spooky podcast about Star Wars by one undead adult and his two kids. I'm Al Novatsky, the adult.
1: I'm Hannah, and I'm 12. I'm Liam, and I'm nine.
0: Okay. Oh, that's a creepy voice. I don't
1: know, <laughs> I don't know if you should be doing that yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> it's all
0: right. They can't see your face when you're doing it, so it's okay. If they could see your face, then we'd have to. This this episode would have to be rated PG-13 because of how creepy you look when you make I, that he voice. He
1: literally freaked me out last night when he was doing that to me. I was like, "Okay, Liam, I'm serious. Stop."
0: Yeah, you and me both, Anna. Yeah. You and me both. Yeah, so Halloween. Uh, We have kind of a different Halloween episode this year. In the past, we've talked about, you know, things that we find scary. Um, We had listeners kind of call in or write in with uh, their most frightening Star Wars stories. Um, But this year, we're going to do something a little bit different. uh, And we're going to have three stories of Star Wars horror. So we've been watching The Simpsons lately, and uh, we haven't actually watched any Halloween episodes yet. But this is what The Simpsons does. Uh, they they have three separate stories within their one episode, and they're all spooky Halloween stories. So um, so yeah, that's what we're going to do this year. Uh, that's most of the episode. Uh, really quick, I just wanted to um, point out this cover. Liam, I think uh, you're going to like this one, because we read... The Gorax, yeah. Uh, it is Night of the Gorax, which is a new, one of those Vader's Castle horror comics that are coming out uh, right around for Halloween kids. here. Yeah, I mean, they're four kids. This is a creepy cover, though. Like, it this, is. The Gorax looks really frightening. I love I love the, the color scheme of this cover. We'll have this up on the website and stuff. Um, mostly, I wanted to talk about this because whenever we post... Uh, whenever I post like a link to our website on Facebook or Twitter or anything, uh, we need an image in the post that, uh, that, you know, goes along with it. Right. So Facebook will pull that image in and if there's no image, it'll just be words and it won't look as good. So I wanted to talk about this and talk about this cover because it's super creepy and I want this cover to be the thing that pops up on Twitter and Facebook when I'm saying, Hey, wow. listen to our Halloween episode. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it is a really cool cover and I just saw it today and I thought it looked awesome. Uh, the, the Knight of the Gorax. Uh, and the Gorax, of course, is a large, giant, scary beast, beast that lives on... Anandor who
3: uh, eats yeah. Ewoks.
0: Eats Ewoks, yeah. So and sad. uh and I And uh, I think the Gorax was originally in one of those Ewok movies. Oh my gosh, the um, Ewok
3: television show?
0: Well, there was the Ewok, Yeah, the Ewok cartoon. There might have been a Gorax in that one too, but there was definitely the Gorax in the Ewok uh, comics that we read a couple years back, Liam. Uh, we got that big, huge digital Ewok and droids compendium that Marvel put out. Oh, no, that was Dark Horse, actually. Uh, but this comic is by IDW, not by Marvel, because IDW does the... Disney. uh No, IDW... Marvel's owned by Disney. IDW is not. Well, yeah, um, why does it
3: say Disney on the cover, then?
0: Oh, because it's a Disney...
3: Oh, well, I don't think
0: Disney owns IDW, but it's a Disney uh, property. Star Wars is, right? Star Wars is owned by Disney.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, <gasps> Yeah. So we talked about Marvel a little bit last week uh, and how disappointed we are in them that they fired Chuck Wendig. So, you know, let's go out and buy those IDW comics. All right. Okay. So, yeah. So let's get to our stories. Uh, I think we're going to start off with Anna's story. So I had this idea about a week ago
1: mm-hmm. when we were
0: on our road trip and I have to North Dakota. Lots
1: of homework. Yeah. So I didn't have much time to do it. Yeah. So uh it's going to be like a cliffhanger sort of mm-hmm. And it's not really going to get into like the scary part until later in okay. it and it's kind of going to be like emotional at the first part cuz I don't have experience with writing scary stories and I like to and I like to write like uh, really slowly mm-hmm. because I want it all to be perfect. Mm. So yeah it's not that, that scary and tellable. Stop making excuses for your story,
0: and though. It's okay.
1: Okay, you sure? Um, I am it's, sure. It's more like like an emotional story That's when okay. you guys hear it. And well, then it'll get scary the next time I read it.
0: The thing that I did is pretty emotional, too. Do you think that you can have the story done by next Halloween?
1: I couldn't make it that long. <laughs> You could make it really long. Well,
0: no, I just mean, you know, it, it, we can read the first half now and then next Halloween comes along and everybody will be waiting for the second this half of the story. This is just like the
1: introduction, though. Right,
0: sure. You could keep writing.
1: Like, yeah, there's really no scary stuff.
0: That's okay. Let's hear it.
1: I don't want to read it.
0: All right, do you want me to read it?
1: Um, sure.
0: Okay. All right. Black Death. <laughs> How... A canine of some sort was howling. Howling at the moon? At another one in their pack? It didn't matter to Leanan. lean Lenin, lean thank you. It didn't matter to Lenin, who was just trying to take shelter for the night. She looked up at the small rock above which she had made a lean-to shelter. It was just big enough to have comfortable sitting space for two people and a fire. She held up her two pink lekus as she bent over the fire to see if the food she had in her pot was ready to eat.
1: Just for those people... Who don't know what lakus are, they're like, um...
0: Twi'lek. Yeah, they're
1: yep. Twi'lek hair sort of. The headtails. Yeah.
0: With Twi'lek, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, this is an annotated story. Annotated, right? Get it?
1: Wow. All right. Um,
0: she <laughs> uh, she was, looked to see if the food in her pot was ready to eat. It was. She took the pot the food was in in her hands and poured some into her bowl. Then she put the pot down beside the fire. She did this quick so as not to burn herself, although she did mildly. It didn't bother her, though. As she took her spoon and dipped it into the soup, blowing it off and then tasting it, she remembered when she was younger, 18 years ago when she was 6. Her papa always used to make this stew when times were hard. It was a very simple stew, just three easy-to-find ingredients, but it was delicious when cooked just right, which papa did. She always tried when he was out with her older brother, Panin, but never got it right. Once, when she was six, she was feeling adventurous and decided to try it herself. Her dad was sleeping, her mom was at a town meeting, and her brother was doing work in the fields to earn money. She remembered the fire going too high, the sparks flying on the straw packed by dried mud walls, the fires being lit on them. She remembered the smoke, ashes, and her parents being angry with her and comforting her at the same time. Ever since, they had lived on credits and scraps of food from kind people. They had lived under no roof, just a slab of rock, slightly bigger than the one she was under now. She felt her eyes start to well up at the thought of it. It's all my fault, she thought solemnly. That's why she was here. She had been living with this heavy burden ever since. She felt the need to do something to give her family a better life than they had now because of her. She stole a small ship to search the galaxy for any one or thing that might be able to help. She'd been out for six months. Who knows what could have happened in that time? She said it under her breath. It's all my fault. She got louder. It's all my fault louder it's all my fault by now she was almost yelling she burst out of her makeshift hut got onto her knees and screamed towards the sky it's all my fault she ran into the woods and collapsed on the ground crying for what felt like hours sobbing until her eyes hurt when she finally stopped she was laying on the ground feeling like going to sleep right then right there then she heard a crack someone or something was stepping on a stick she looked into the pitch-black woods and realized she was lost. She couldn't see the light from her campfire anymore. As she turned around frantically, all she could see was black. She heard another crack. Even better, she thought sarcastically. I'm lost in the pitch-black woods of the wild animal. Footsteps. They were getting closer. She curled up and waited for anything that was about to happen to her. After all, she thought, she deserved it. She waited and waited, footsteps getting closer, closer, closer. The bush to the right of her rustled, and slowly they came out. Whew. All right. Uh Well, that was emotional, Anna. (laughs) What?
1: I know! She said it was a cliffhanger. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> I have what just the. I have just the right. Written... did a good job. Yeah, it was okay. good. Good. I have, no, I have it was a good. good.
3: Just, uh... it sounded like a professional story, Anna.
1: It sounded like a lot of books.
3: It sounds like a book you could go buy from the store.
1: Buy that. That's why I didn't finish it because I worked really hard on it. <laughs> By... I like <laughs> to famous... work hard on stories.
3: I can't just do it quickly. Author. It seems like something you could buy from a famous author. It's really good. You think so? The way you made it sound, like, the detail you put in it, yeah, it's awesome.
0: It's good.
1: Thanks.
3: Thanks.
0: I liked it. I'm looking forward to reading more. Thanks. I care about the character. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's saying a <laughs> lot. Good stuff. Good stuff. How did you come up with the character and the setting and stuff?
1: Um, well, I kind of just made it up as I went along. It just yeah. seemed right to have um, her be... uh pink uh what, what, yeah, yeah it just seemed right to make her okay. a pink twi'lek okay. so i just did that and then i went i went like once she was tasting the stew i was like okay well i guess this could be we could have like a flashback here to tell more about her story and why oh, she yeah. was there and then i kind of just made that up as i went along. long yeah and then um and then I made her, like, really angry with herself because mm-hmm. I thought it added more, like, character to yeah, her. Yeah, So. Cool. Yeah.
0: Nice work. Nice work. Patty. Um, so, all right, so then mine's next here. And uh, I didn't, I put a different kind of work into mine, okay? And you'll hear what I mean when I say it. Uh, or when I, when I, oh, uh, I
1: know what you're doing. His when voice. When I play it.
0: So... His voice. I'm going to play mine for you, because I've already recorded it, and, uh, there's some voice modulation. Uh, all that I will say before I play it is that this takes place after The Last Jedi. Oh, actually. That is all you should need to really know. And it's uh, based on a famous poem that we'll talk about after. Is it
3: the All right. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs>
0: okay. So, so here it is. I'm gonna play it right now.
2: Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many quaint and curious volumes of forgotten sithly lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at Snoke's chamber door. No, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some storm-tripper," I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I recall, it was only days after Crate did fall, and each separate dead Resistance member's ghost writhed upon the floor. Eagerly I wished an end, vainly I had sought to bend, from my book's sithly-penned sorrow for my lost ray, for the rare and radiant scavenger whom the wills named my ray, nameless here forevermore. Oh, but the shimmer-silk sad, savage burning of each red curtain, thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some stormtrooper asking for entrance at my chamber door. Some terrified stormtrooper asking for entrance at my chamber door." This it is, and nothing more. Presently my force grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. "'What?' I said. My forgiveness you'd better implore, I'm the supreme leader, and you a lowly bottom-feeder, yet here you came tapping, tapping at Snoke's, I mean my, chamber door. Brace yourself to feel my wrath. Here I opened wide the door, the dark side there, and nothing more. Deep into the dark side peering, long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no Jedi ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Ray. This I whispered, and a procession of mirrors returned the word, Ray. That was all it had to say. Back into my chamber turning, all the force within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at the airlock. Let me see then what it could be. Let us leave no mystery. Let the force be still a moment and this mystery explore. Open here I flung the airlock, when, with many a flutter and shock, in there barged a stately convoy of the Jedi days of yore. He made no flourish of respect, not a second stopped or stayed he, but as if he owned the place, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of Padme just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ivory bird, tricking my frowning face into smiling at the grave and old decorum of the countenance it wore, Though your head be shagged and worn, I said, You must not be a coward. Ghostly, grim and ancient convoy, Wandering from the nightly shore, Tell me what thy masterly name is on the night's moribundian grid. Quoth the convoy, See you around, kid. Much I marveled at this convoy to hear him speak so plainly, though its answer meant nothing, was wholly irrelevant. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. See bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber? No human ever did. With such a name as See Around Kid. But the convor, sitting lonely on Padme's placid bust, spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he muttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, Other friends have flown before, and tomorrow he will leave me, as all my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, See around, kid. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so annoyingly spoken. No doubt, I said. What he utters is its one and only trick. Learned from some unhappy master who disaster followed faster. Till his songs all hit the same note. Till his melancholy burden bore away all of his hope. Till the night and morn were filled with this sad and broken quote. See you around, kid but the Convore still tricking my face into smiling, and I turned my cushioned throne, my recently sanitized cushioned throne, to Convore and bust and door. Then, upon the nerf hide sinking, I set myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt and ominous convor meant in croaking, See around, kid. So I sat engaged in guessing, but not a single word expressing to the convore whose pale blue eyes now burned into my core. This and more I sat divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's nerf lining that the starlight gloated over. But whose dull gray lining with the starlight gloating over, she, Ray, Shall press, ah, nevermore. Then I felt the air grow colder, and perfume released from an unseen holder, swung by wills, whose footfalls clattered on the cold, hard floor. Schrader! I cried. The Force has sent you. By these wills it has sent you. Relief, relief and spice from my memories of Ray. Quaff, oh, quaff, this kind spice, and forget this lost ray. Quoth the Convor. See around, kid. Prophet, said I, "thing of evil, Prophet still, if bird or devil. By that galaxy that spreads above us, by that force we both adore, tell this sorrow-laden soul if, on some distant day, I shall clasp that special someone whom the wills name Ray. Clasp a rare and radiant someone whom the wills name Ray. Quoth the convor, see you around, kid. How about after you say that word, then you leave? I shrieked, upstarting. Get thee back into space and the night's Morabandian shore. Leave no Force Ghost as a token of the lie your beak has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Leave the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the convoy. See around, kid. And the convour, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Padme just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the scene of a demon's that is dreaming. And the starlight over him streaming throws his blue shadow on the floor. And my soul in that blue shadow that lies floating on the floor. Shall be with Ray nevermore.
0: So there you have it.
1: That. The
0: was
1: Awesome.
3: <laughs> Wait,
0: That's uh. like so
3: much. Who's <laughs> the person? I didn't really understand it. Okay, Who's the person okay. coming in the airlock? It was, was a, well, was the, the Convore.
0: Instead of the Raven, it What's was a convoy. The,
1: convoy.
0: the con You remember what a Convore is? No. Oh, it's the bird from Rebels, you know? In Clone Wars? I
1: knew it was some kind of bird.
0: Do you remember the, the bird that everybody thought, like, Ahsoka was the Convore, or the convoy oh, kind of yeah. looked like the daughter? but
1: Oh, the, the owl? Oh, oh my God! I love yeah. how you did "See Round Kid" and how you replaced Lenoir with Ray. Yeah, so. But the first half went so much to me because I have like the first half of it memorized. I did mm. it with my friend mm-hmm. in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Yep. Fifth.
0: Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. No, I, I I put a lot of work in adapting that poem, and it was there are great. things that I love it. Depending on how well you know the Raven, like certain that? things, I put like a lot of,
1: <laughs> a yeah. lot of thought
0: into. So, so the the Raven in this story is is like Luke, basically. Like Luke is haunting Kylo, right? Uh, and that's why the Raven says "see you around, kid," because that's the last thing that Luke said to Kylo Ren. And and Kylo, wow. you know, is pining after Ray, like he wants to be with her again. But all that happens is is just Luke's voice saying "see you around, kid." Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. So how long? Is what, eight minutes, nine minutes? Yeah. So Yeah. So that but was. That uh,
1: editing was good though. Mm, it actually you. like yeah. sounded it sounded like Kylo, but a little different.
0: Like me. If I had yeah, Oran's like, mask on. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I, I tried to modulate my voice to sound like Adam Driver's, but I do not have Adam Driver's voice. No, you don't. No. I mean, I can do a little bit of it, right? But I could never read a a whole poem like this. I don't know. That doesn't really sound it's more like Kermit the Frog.
1: Yeah. <laughs> whenever, I whenever
0: I try to do Adam Driver's words, I'm always Kermit like, anyway. <laughs> "Hi Ho, Kylo Ren here." Anyway, um, I need
3: some water if I'm gonna read that thing. It's three pages long.
0: Liam has a long story. Yeah, Liam, you and I uh, today <laughs> because. <laughs> We cool are, You are today. the king of pro- procrastination. Uh, you and I wrote the okay. thing today, so we, we worked on the story together you helped and we wrote me. it together. Yep. You helped. Me. Yeah. It was your idea for the story, and I helped you with it. Yep. <laughs> so yes. Um,
1: and
3: I you can have go, no idea what this is going to be. And Anna, you don't know. <laughs> so and it's, you guys, uh, you guys both. You know how you guys said some sort of scary stories and stuff, yeah. and there might be a little scary voice yeah. and stuff. Well, mine is scary yours was more funny scary mm. yours was more emotional mine right. is more horror yours,
0: so yours has a you horror p- element
3: probably yeah. Yeah. want to listen to this before your kids, kids listen <laughs> to it if they well, are below nine uh, maybe or below eight below eight
0: we we kept it pretty vague it's not like there's gore in it or anything
3: Yeah, it's not we don't say yeah. what yeah.
0: it's yeah yeah
3: so references something. i need some
0: um, water yeah Daddy. go get some water
1: Okay, yeah. should I get my whole bottle? Yeah, go ahead. I have a water bottle. That's and
0: fine. Anna and I it. will talk while you're gone. So uh, what are you going for Halloween this year? I'm
1: going to be Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Village Belle. Village Belle? Yeah, I it's have... A
0: sensible blue dress. Yeah, yeah. so
1: I have... Uh, it's going <laughs> to be like... It's going to be the live action one, so I'm going to yeah. have like a button-up sh- white shirt, mm-hmm. then I'm going to put like a way-too-big jean dress over it, and um, then I'm going to tie like a uh, like an apron around my waist. Yeah. And cool.
0: Yeah. Awesome. You, Liam. You're gonna be gazoon tight.
1: Gazoon tight. Okay, I'm
3: good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, Liam. You said you're gonna go as uh, I'm a what? guy
3: dressed in all black. You cannot see any part it's of my crazy. body. I am um, dressed in all black. There are no eye slit holes mm. uh, because my mask is so thin. It's like it's like it's like a piece cut out of a legging that's that's how thin it is and it stretches over because your because it is enough a piece you, you cut out of a leg right. i can see through it because it stretches on my face and yeah. so all you can see is like the outline of my face going in and yeah. out and it looks it's really creepy. it looks really freaky it does
0: look pretty freaky I, can, I gotta say um we are going to put some reflective tape on you when you go trick-or-treating just so that yeah. uh, Do I, cars can don't see get
3: it. hit by a car you know yeah
0: like i don't want that yeah so um let's not have that happen. yeah, let's not. And uh I'm going to be going as a 39 year old dad. So
2: <laughs>
0: wow. Liam, uh, I'm gonna set this up. You're not up.
3: actually going.
0: No, I'm not. You're just. I'm gonna. Out. I'm gonna be giving out candy at home. Yep. Because we gotta be. We gotta be open for business. You know. We, we gotta, got some
3: leftovers left
0: We might have leftovers. We um, make our um,
3: house super creepy and turn all the lights off, and then nobody will come to trick or treat. <laughs> and then we
0: can have a bunch of life. What? Over. No. I want to make it fun for people. We got to. If if you have the ability to be home on Halloween night and put your porch light on, give out some candy. Because people are out there and they want to get candy. So that's our that's our public service announcement we should, we should for put, uh, for the week. I'm going
3: to put sign up saying we do trick or treat.
0: Well, as long as we have our porch light on, people will know that they, they can come and ring the doorbell, knock on the door, say trick or treat, get some candy. They know the drill. Alright. So Liam, we're gonna pull up your story. Uh I don't think your story has a name.
3: Oh my God. Oh, we didn't we, we I just I know what wrote I'm gonna it. call it. Yeah, What's the, the nameless story. Dun, Ooh, da, 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 da. I like the nameless story.
0: Alright. So, yeah, we got
3: scarier. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna read ahead so, so
0: Anna, you like, wanna Anna's me. gonna sit over there and then Liam, we can that way you can read it and it'll be a surprise to Anna.
3: Gosh, this is so freaky. I don't know if I can read it. Mama says she you know read what? it. And it was fine. Yeah, I actually, I've read it before. I've I read this whole thing. I did a test drive, except I literally for reading test read
1: my thing.
0: Ready when you are, Liam. Let's do it.
3: It's a clear, cold night on an unnamed planet in the outer reaches. Freela Tams crouches just inside of a hangar behind a supply crate full of weapons. A line of First Order troops march by on the other side of the crate. Freela, a member of the dying Imperial Remnant, is there to steal high-tech blasters and detonators. This isn't what she was trained to do. But when there are only a handful of Imperials left, you don't get to choose your job. The job chooses you. The stormtroopers exit the bay and turn a corner down a hallway. She knows she should leave right now with the weapons, but she's curious. Freela follows the stormtrooper down the hall, staying out of sight and earshot. She walks up a flight of stairs to find a room full of people in different kinds of armor. They all wear helmets that look like variations of the Darth Vader theme. Freela has researched the First Order and knows that these must be the Knights of Ren. Getting closer, she feels that one of the knights is aware of her presence. He stands up. As he walks toward the door, she runs down the stairs and back to the crate of weapons. She regrets her curiosity and just hopes that now she can make it out of life. Freela grabs the crate, activates the hover function, and slides it out of the hangar into the dark woods. She looks back and sees the knight of Ren who stood up, following her. He carries what appears to be a modified T-21B rifle. He doesn't run, but he seems to be catching up anyway. Freela runs as fast as she can while pushing the crate. It's not a dense forest, which makes navigating it easy, but it also means that the Knight of Ren can see her plain as day in the light of the three moons. She should be able to see her ship by now, parked in a clearing not too far away from the hangar, but in her fear she seems to have taken a wrong turn and now she might never get out of this forest alive. As she runs trying to catch her breath, she spots a man huddled next to a small fire in the distance. She runs toward the fire hoping that he's friendly and will help her escape. As she gets closer she sees he's cooking over the fire that appears to be an arm of some large animal. He seems to be talking to someone, but nobody is there with him. He looks up as she nears and gives her a wide smile. Oh, hello, friend. What brings you into the forest so late? I'm on the run, Freela says, grateful for his friendliness. Can you help me find my ship? You mean that old Imperial shuttle that landed over there about an hour ago, Relief washes over her as she says, Yes, that's the one. Thank you. Can you please leave me there to it? Frila looks behind her for the Knight of Ren but doesn't see any sign of him. Even so, she needs to get off this planet and far away. Minutes later, Frila walks up the boarding ramp to the shuttle and the old man follows her. Sir, you cannot come with me. But I just saved your life. This is the least you could do in return. I'm starving on this planet. There's nothing here for me. Just drop me off at your next stop. Fine, but don't get in my way. What's your name anyway? It's been so long since someone has talked to me that I can't remember, the old man says blankly. Freela starts to pity the old man. She leads him onto the ship and lets him sip in the co-pilot seat next door. They leave the planet and jump to hyperspace. Freela and the old man sit quietly while they hurtle through hyperspace. She thinks about how getting these weapons could help the Imperial cause. She also wonders what the old man is thinking and whether he's ever been off the planet before. But he seems to be okay with silence, so she decides not to start a conversation. After an hour of silence, she hears a thumping in a storage compartment in the back. She turns quickly to the old man to find him already looking at her with that wide grin on his face. Did you hear something? she asks him, trying to ignore his smile. I did. Stay put. Don't touch anything. I'm going to go check it out. She walks to the rear of the ship, but before opening the door to the storage compartment in the wall, she quickly grabs a blaster from the crate she stole. She starts to reach for the door, but it opens before she can open it. She raises her blaster and points it at the dark figure inside. But before she can get a shot off, the figure slams the butt of his blaster into her ankle, snapping the bone. She collapses to the floor. Her blaster clatters out of reach into the hallway leading to the cockpit. The massive figure stands tall above her. It's the Knight of Wren who is chasing her through the woods. You have failed, he says, blaster pointed at her head. Desperate breaths heave from her chest, her one comfort knowing that her imminent death will at least have been for the righteous cause of the Empire. Out of the corner of her eye, she sees the old man sneak into the room, walking right past the the blaster toward the Knight of Ren. She struggles to keep her focus on the mask of the Knight of Ren so as not to give the old man's position away. She swallows her horror as she sees the old man's gangly fingers slowly wrap around the Knight of Ren's mask. She blinks, and in the next instant is looking at the back of the Knight of Ren's mask, but the rest of his body still facing her. The hands let go of the mask. The Knight of Ren falls limply to the floor and reveals the wide, grinning face of the old man. Thank you so much, she said, catching her breath. But the blaster was right there in the hallway. Why did you risk sneaking all the way in here when you could have just shot him from a distance? I prefer not to damage the body if I don't have to. It's better that way. Frila shovels slowly away from him on the floor and asks, What do you mean, better? He doesn't answer. Instead, he inches closer and closer. I'm ever so happy you decided to join me for dinner are the last words she heard come out of that wide
1: grin.
0: So there you have it. There's the story. Anna? That's my story. (laughs) What do you think?
1: I was a little confused about what it meant by... The
3: gangly fingers wrap around his neck?
1: Yeah, that part. And that
3: part. He snapped his neck, basically.
1: He snapped his neck. Okay. <laughs> that was a very interesting story for a nine-year-old to write.
0: Well, did he did help... have my help. Did you help? <laughs> well,
1: but did you come up with that idea? Sort of. The, the cannibalism <laughs> sort of. Daddy! Well, he helped me. I wanted to... Put
3: some horror in there. He, he, he just, out,
1: wasn't very horror. He just
3: said he just said there was some cannibalism. He said, "Oh, I thought maybe the man could be a cannibal." I was like, "Okay." And then <laughs> most of the idea of how yeah,
1: he yeah. was a cannibal, and so it was mostly your story, leon But Daddy helped write it. Yeah, just he, yeah. Daddy. Daddy write wrote
3: all of this. I just told him what to write.
1: Oh yeah, uh, that's I was, why it's so long because I, was I cannot that. type
3: that fast. He's right. like, "Yeah, me neither." Yeah. Boom.
0: <laughs> yeah. So all right. So there you have it. Three spooky stories. Well, the
1: last one was the middle more one? creepy than the spooky. The middle the mm. middle one is just plain funny. And the first one <laughs> the first one is super emotional. Mm. The last one is downright creepy. So it's it's <laughs> emotional, silly but spooky, mm. and then the last one's creepy.
3: Yeah. Scary.
0: Yeah.
1: Horror. Yeah.
0: The last one's horror so so uh so i said this was influenced by the simpsons this idea right and of course the simpsons they did did a
1: raven they did the raven
0: although we they should did
1: watch the simpsons yeah we should
0: they did the raven pretty straight uh they they took quite a few stanzas out i actually took one stanza out oh you did of the poem because i'm like how could i adapt this Nah, i won't but uh but yeah it was influenced by the simpsons if i could have gotten james earl jones to read uh my version of the Raven that would have been awesome because he did, <laughs> he did do the Raven in uh, in the Simpsons. Uh, James, James Earl Jones, Jones, the voice of Darth Vader, of course. Uh, all right, so that was uh, that was our Halloween episode, and uh, we wish a uh, happy Halloween to all of you who celebrate it. Uh, you know, we realize that not everybody does. That's okay. It is a cultural holiday, uh, and we that's. But you know, we do celebrate um, Halloween. Was it? We are not cultural? Is that what you said?
3: Yeah. <laughs> of course We're we are. The we belong culture. to a culture.
0: Uh, yeah, so... But, uh, you know, it, it's good fun. We like to talk about things that scare us. We It's okay to be scared not by stories. Much, but no, but, but scary stories serve a purpose. And they, uh, they kind of help us like deal... Maybe. They help us deal with fears that we yeah. already have. Sometimes scary stories can create fear that you didn't have before. I remember that happening when I was a kid. Yeah. I had fears, had fears. It was the
1: same story for both of us. What's the what story?
0: Mm, yeah, we want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's talk have- um, about just just, it. Just no. scary stories that people tell, right? And, uh, and you know, but then like the reason that you are afraid of it is actually, yeah, it can be, you know, you can be exposed to stuff that you didn't even realize was out there, right? Ideas. So, you know, you got to kind of be careful a little bit with uh, the sort of ideas you you put out there into the world um but you know stories are just stories and they're not always based in reality
1: <laughs> no
0: so yeah thank you everyone for listening to episode 114 of children of the force and as always thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of
1: the force <laughs>
0: yep uh we we love your support and it allows us to do this podcast and to make it better and to uh eventually podcast from Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter
1: at Force Children.
0: That was at Force Children. On Facebook, we are
3: Children of the Force.
0: Children of the
1: Force. Our email address is Force Children at gmail dot com.
0: our website is
3: now for a non-spooky www.childrenoftheforce.com my mistake (laughs) Force.com.
0: head on over to speakpipe.com slash children of the force leave us a spooky voicemail uh, or just record a voicemail and send it to us via email and we would love to play it on the show and finally uh, leave us a review on itunes or anywhere else you listen to us it really does help the show get in more people's ears and uh, like I said last year, we want listeners
2: brains.
1: We want listeners Undead brains. Brains. Listeners. <laughs> Wait, were you listening
3: to the to the podcast
0: World? Yeah, you just remember what you said last year, Undead Listeners because you said that last I year
1: i mean Leo i, I, I remember to i think i yeah. remember something that uh, something we were doing something like that
0: yeah we would prefer listeners who aren't dead yeah <laughs> so all right <laughs> for children of the force i'm al
1: i'm anna i'm liam
0: and may, may the, the force
3: be you. says she wears up your sp- um, spine. Spooky, scary skeletons, <laughs> bum ba well, da just... I don't even know how the song goes. It's a thing. And then you're going to do the... A <laughs> spooky, scary skeletons, says <laughs> she
1: wears up your spine. Oh, spider. Oh, my gosh, bear! <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's a <laughs> dangling from
0: the Ooh, it's Halloween. Where? The Halloween spider. Where? Thank you for joining us, Halloween spider. Where? It's just a little spider. It's right there. Can you grab uh, something, Liam? <laughs> grab a tissue or something? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
1: stand